Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 44. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. Sometimes. (laughs) Welcome back there, Steph. Well, thanks. Hey, today we're going to be talking about five threats to marital oneness. And we even have, I've actually taken the time to prepare. You did. The notes for today. Good job. Stephanie, I got a, a, a direct message on Twitter this morning. By the way, if you're out there and you're on Twitter, you can follow me at uh, twitter.com slash gspn. Who was your direct message from? It came from, well, I won't say any names. Be, it, why? why? Because I got a direct message this morning. And last night I got someone wrote on my wall on Facebook and yeah. I was like excited and I was going to share it with you. And you were like, oh, well, they sent me that too. So if your direct message came from the same person that my direct message came from, then Maybe I don't feel so special. <laughs> well, if I was to say the name backwards as uh, Meth Badana, would oh, that would okay. that would uh, I don't want to give away any secret identity or anything. Okay, <laughs> different people sent us direct messages. Oh, cool. What was your direct message about? Hope you have a great day. Really? Yeah. Who sent that? I ain't telling. All right. <clears throat> well, anyway, this uh, this person who shall remain nameless, of course. <laughs> Send me. Don't make me laugh. I'll cough. Okay. I wasn't making you laugh. I know. I, I, <laughs> there it oh, went. There it goes. Anyway, I did go to the doctor yesterday. Okay, I'm so on some medications. Direct message. Yes. Sent me a direct message saying, hey, I've been set, you know, I've been direct messaging back and forth with a certain individual, which I definitely will not name. Right. And she says, uh, I've been talking to them about, you know, about things. And, and she says, so this person stopped listening to you guys because of uh, because she she kind of was just getting tired of the fake banter that you guys have or the, oh. the fake bickering okay. that you guys have back okay. and forth. And I nice. sent her a message back. I said, I hope you told her that it's not fake. I mean, this is real stuff. Anyway. The fake bickering. So mm-hmm. so anyway, uh, yeah. D- uh, thank you for staying subscribed to The Family from the Heart and the number of other gspn.tv related shows that we do here uh, in spite of our fake bickering. Do you know what? What? I think that this is a character flaw of mine. Oh, no. You have a character flaw? Oh, I have many. <laughs> this is just one. Um, I don't have a fake bone in my body. You don't. Like, and there, I mean, some people say that that's a strength, but there are sometimes, like, really, I need to just put a lid on it you and shut up. Smile on the face and <laughs> exactly. just bite that tongue. I don't have the ability to be fake. And, and so, anyway, I just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it kind of fits in because, you know, the there, we're going to talk about a couple of things today which of course we had lots of great feedback from last week's episode okay. the the things you ought to know before you get married and uh, I'm very excited about the feedback we're going to share some of that feedback we even got some phone calls uh, <gasps> which is totally awesome like, you know you ask for people to call That's and they right. call and they will call That's if, right. if you build it they will come right That's right we we need to remember to ask all the time That's right call us in fact the phone number Stephanie is the door is open, 859-795. What? what did that have to do anything with the phone number? It's written on the board, and that's oh. where I always look, just because the... The door's in the way. The door's in the way. Here you go, watch. Um, 
Okay, 859-795-4067. Do you want to see do you need to see the email address just in case somebody wanted to email? No, in? I know that. All that right. that is feedback at gspn.tv. Gotcha. So anyway, I'm uh, always afraid that I will our studio line is one number off uh-huh. from the voicemail line. It is. And I'm always afraid that I will mix them up. So when you ask me to say it, mm-hmm. I'm looking right at it because it's on the board behind you. The way I always remember it is that that it's it's the the voicemail line is higher up on priority because it's open 24 hours a day. Okay. Any, anyway, it means nothing. Yeah. Moving right along. So so it, we're going to talk about the feedback that we got from previous right. episodes uh, at the end of the show, among some other things that came in. And uh, today we're going to just go ahead and get right into it. Now, of course, we're five minutes into the show and we're just now getting right into it. But, you know, That's okay. It's a pretty good start for us. It is a pretty good start for us. And no fake bickering. That's right. Wonderful. So anyway. Um, last week we talked about the things that you ought to know or ought to consider or things that I think is important before somebody gets married. Well, let's just say you've already made the mistake and you're married. Okay, that was... <laughs> I, I purposely I purposely I stated it that way. I know. But let's just say you rushed into marriage. Let's just say you haven't been prepared for marriage. Maybe you're you're experiencing some difficulties in your marriage and... And when I say those things, Stephanie and I certainly today, even today, we're going on, we're on our 13th year of marriage, I believe. And if I'm wrong, I'm in trouble. But uh, we're, we're working on our 13th year here. And we have still today some difficulties in uh, achieving oneness in our marriage. Hence our fake bickering from time That's to time. Right. So anyway, the, and the truth is, is that when we first got married, we had no formal training of of what to do when we're married. We really didn't have any great uh, role models, if you will. Uh, both of us came from divorced homes. Uh, Stephanie's parents have uh, both been married. Made it a habit. They <laughs> well, let's not say that, but they've been married more okay. than... A uh, hobby. Okay. <clears throat> Several times each. They've been married a couple times each. And, and 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 not it's you know, maybe I don't know what the cause of that is, but that's not what we're here to talk about. But what we're saying is that when we got married, we did not have this great um this great marriage uh to look up to as far as what to mimic in our own marriage. Right. Okay, so we definitely dealt with some issues of struggling. How do we come together and how do we become one? Yes, we did. Okay, and so... Can I just say a disclaimer? Yes. That my microphone and I are not getting along today. I see so that. I just apologize ahead of time. Yeah, the intro... My blonde roots are like really showing through today. I am I'm was having a difficult time getting my groceries out of the cart and onto the conveyor belt and it's, I feel very scatterbrained today. Oh I'm having a goodness. good day, but it's like a serious blonde day for me. Well, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Now I can't stop coughing. I'm sorry. All right. So... Let's go ahead and just share with people that you and I struggled with many different things when we first got married. And when I say when we first got married, I'm talking about the first few years that we got married, right. that we were married. And we really didn't start to to really grasp the full concept. I mean, we understood, you know, attending church together, doing ministry together uh, after, <coughs> after being married. Uh, we started... To really understand and and to talk about this thing that, you know, growing together, one in Christ and all this other stuff. 
But we really never fully grasped the concept of marital oneness until we went to a marriage conference uh, in Cincinnati called a family, uh, no, a weekend to remember. Mm-hmm. And in fact, all the material for five uh, threats to marital oneness today, not our own. It's coming straight from the book that I still keep around and keep handy uh, from that conference. Right. And, and we were married seven years before we went to that conference. That's exactly correct. So we had been married for seven years before we even were introduced to the material that we are going to share with you today. Yes. So if you have been married any less than seven years, I hope that you'll have the benefit of of getting this at an earlier start. I know that there are or some... Or are getting married yeah. soon. You know. There are some folks that are listening to us right now. I happen to know that we're just married in this past year. Mm-hmm. And we do know uh, from feedback we're going to get later of some people who are currently engaged to be married. Okay. So very exciting stuff. I, I'm excited to be able to share this in this podcast. And of course, um, before we share threat number one of the five threats to marital oneness, I want to say thank you to Mardell.com because they are the one, <coughs> excuse me, they are the ones who make this podcast possible and have uh, sponsored us. And of course, if you go to M-A-R-D-E-L.com and use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart, you will get 10% off your order and you also will communicate to Mardell.com through your purchase and using the promo code that you appreciate the fact that they're sponsoring this program and making every episode available free, not just to plus members, but for anybody out there who who needs to hear this material. So thank Absolutely. you very much, Mardell.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Threat number one. Yes. Tell us what it is, Steph. Difficult adjustments. <laughs> difficult so adjustments. True. Tell us about these difficult adjustments. From your list? Uh, yes, you can. Well, you could just read the first statement there if you want. Okay. <laughs> just making sure I'm following along. You want me to read from the script? <laughs> you can You can, You can. can no. say whatever you want off We're the good. top I'm of just, your head or I'm you can gonna, do the script. Just give me a hard time. Okay. Um, there's little in our culture today that encourages two people to make the difficult adjustments to become one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of these adjustments are and, and things that we need to um, become one on is... Uh, topics such as what are our values? Mm-hmm. You know, individually, Stephanie had certain values. I had certain values. Uh, principles and, and values are very important. They're something that I think every individual has a unique set of. And so, well, a lot of this. Um, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. It gave did. me a time to mute okay. and cough. Um, a lot of this we talked about last week when we were talking about the the. You, the marriage ceremony that you would, the message that you would give. And um, see, n- threat number one can be completely avoided. No. I with, don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. If you are going into marriage talking about a lot, I mean, there's still going to be, you know, he's still going to look funny when you wake up in the morning. He's, you know, going to have bad breath just like you. It's just, you know. But some of these bigger things can be not completely avoided, but not hurt as hard, not cut as deep if you talk about them before you're married. Okay, I agree. I, okay. Or if you at least you're prepared to understand exactly that after you're married, there is some adjusting to ha- be, be, right. be done. I don't think you're going to avoid threat number one. I think that you're going to be able to be better equipped to deal with number one. Okay. 
Threat number one. Better words than mine. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure because I don't think, I mean, diff, there are going to be difficult adjustments regardless. Um, oh, absolutely. You, your values are not going to change overnight. You didn't you didn't come to have values and principles overnight. It may not even change within the first year, but just understand. Well, that's what I'm saying, that if these are things that are talked about, and because last week we talked about having, you know, um, the, the, um, advantage of having a longer engagement sure these are things that you can start to work on and to to come together with your, your values are something that you can discuss and come to some kind of agreement on before you're married mm-hmm. you know i agree and however the one thing i will say though is that it's one thing to talk about these things in theory but there's a whole nother thing about adjusting to these differences um okay. when when you actually are in practice such as living uh, matter of fact, there's we're going to get to a place okay, later on where we're going to talk about the fact that during the dating process or even in the engagement process there really is very little uh responsibility daily responsibility uh to one another mm-hmm. through that process Whereas once you be once you're married, you move in together. Now some people say, "Well, that's why I I'm not against moving in and and living together first. That's a whole other issue. Not even going to address that into this podcast here. But um, but the thing is, is if you're when some two people move in with one another, there's going to be a ton of adjustments to make. That right? Are no, be very absolutely, difficult. there are. Right. So I, okay. okay. Moving right along. Go ahead. What do you- no? I, that's cool. I, I I mean, yeah. So, so basically some of these adjustments uh, are going to be different. You're going to have different values than your spouse. Uh, you guys uh, may have a difference of vocation and, and that's something that, that we'll need to adjust to. And of course, vocation meaning, uh, not just, uh, basically what is your calling? What is it that you're called to do as a career or, or, or something of that nature? Maybe somebody else's career calls them to do something completely different than what you had anticipated in marriage. And do you want to give an example of that, Stephanie, as far as uh, a calling of any sort? I did not marry a pastor. But shortly after we became married, suddenly I was married to this man who was feeling this call from God. To- <laughs> <laughs> call from God. Well, that is that is how I took it. I just I thought that it was ridiculous and I didn't want to be any part of it. I um very much struggled with with the fact that with accepting the fact that that's what I was being called to. Okay. Um at the time we were we were in a church that I wasn't sure where I fit in at. And so that was, that was really difficult. That was a lot of me um, because I got married very young. Um, And so now I'm this, you know, married woman, so to speak, but um, I'm 18 years old. I don't fit into the youth group. I don't fit in with the other married couples in, in the, in the church. And so I felt myself being um, torn into places, but at the same time, I didn't want to step into what I thought, well, not even what I thought, what the expectations were of a pastor's wife in that church. And there were some very real expectations. And in fact, if you go in... And as a matter of fact, when you interviewed 
I had to interview. Yeah, well, for the and di- I'm like, well, that's it. He's screwed now. <laughs> he have a chance. Yeah, when you go to get your district license in the Nazarene Church, um, there are two interviews: one for one for the yeah. person getting their license, and the other is for, for the, the spouse. spouse. Absolutely, and it was not well by the time by the time the interview came around, mm-hmm. I had accepted what I was being called to. That was. Right. A whole four year period that, um, you know, from starting the cell group, feeling called to ministry, you know, going to um, you took online classes at the seminary. And so um, that that was a long journey and it was not it was not what I signed on for. Right. And it was not what I was looking forward to. And I remember one day we had lunch with our pastor and and his wife. It was just the four of us out to lunch. And I remember just just saying to them, I, I cannot do that. I, I am not, you know, anything like these women. I'm, I'm not soft-spoken. I'm not quiet. I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. I am, I don't fit into that. I said, I don't, these are my exact words. Mm -hmm. I do not fit into that mold. And he said to me, Keith said to me, molds are made to be broken. He said, break that mold. And and that's what well that's what I've tried to do ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and broken you broke it you did. Um my my relationship with Christ is just that. It's mine. Right. And um all that matters is what I feel that I, I'm not trying to please people. I'm trying to please my God. Right. And when I learned that and started to move forward in my journey, it was a lot easier to accept your calling and. But that was a difficult adjustment. Yeah. For you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so obviously some other things that are dis- difficult adjustments between husband and wife uh, as after they're married is religion. And of course, it, it, it still shocks me and surprised me the number of Protestants who marry Catholics without discussing religion and where the, how they'll attend church or uh, or how their children will be raised if they have children and 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 stuff like that or or somebody who is uh just completely different faiths i mean opposite of each other and and uh it it, it just really shocks me how that doesn't come up in conversation right you watched an episode of the bachelor this week and i'll tell you what i was embarrassed for for christianity flat yeah. out Based upon uh, this lady going and taking this bachelor guy to her parents, and he's he's all of a sudden just <laughs> preaching, you know, you, you, I've raised my daughter to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How are you in that situation? Right. And, you know, I think this is extremely important. Now, was that his wife or ex-wife? Ex-wife. Okay, well, <laughs> that explains the divorce because she was because talking. she sat down with him and she's telling him about how... Um, well, I have premonitions. Do you do that? <laughs> I'm really big into reincarnation. and I'm pretty sure you were a mom in another life. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like, so these were two different, these were two people can, who had. Can I just say for the record, that girl went home this week. <laughs> she did. I, and yeah. yeah, poor girl. Yeah, it was it was pretty messed up. And, and, and the, the way the guy approached him with that, it's like, well, here's our first interaction with one another. Let me share with you the, the four right. spiritual laws of Christianity. Right. Here, and let me smack you over the head with my Bible. Exactly. Jesus it was stick. I was oh, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> anyway, so so religion is a difficult adjustment for many people. Um, <clears throat> and even if you're both Christians, 
coming from you know DG and I have been doing the about the church podcast over atcpodcast.com and if you listen to those episodes you'll see that DG and I both express that we have faith in God we believe in Jesus Christ as our uh, only way to salvation and and all this other stuff but yet we have grown up in two different denominations with two very different practices and we come and we have in our relationship as friends some adjusting to the way that we right. relate to one another and how we talk about our faith and and that can be a good thing so it's it, so not all of these differences <laughs> have to be uh, that would, Cliff and DG, that would be a very tough marriage. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the thing is, though, is our our differences don't need to tear us apart. But we have to understand that there are going to be difficult conversations, different adjustments. It's not easy to just say, OK, let's compromise. But that's what has to happen. Um, family history can be something. I mean, just the the everybody's got a crazy uncle Al, you know, or 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 something, and then I just you don't have an uncle Al, do you? I have an uncle Albert. But okay, no, he's yeah. not crazy. All right. Um, I think our, I mean, just keeping this personal to us, but protecting our family as well. Okay. Um, you and I both came into this marriage with difficult parents. We each had one parent who was difficult for the other. Yes. To deal with. And um, that caused a lot of, Mm -hmm. what's the word? Contention. Yes. (laughs) And um, so so absolutely, that that is a a difficult adjustment. Right. And finances, nobody, I mean, do we really need to go into that any further? I don't think so. I mean, obviously that that is probably the biggest difficult, most difficult adjustment. And in fact, we're going to get a voicemail later that that talks about, you know, they're getting ready to be engaged and still talking about, um, having some separate accounts for fun, and so you don't have to report back and stuff. So we'll we'll get into to that when that time comes. But so there are going to be basically um, an adjustment of expectations um, as well. So it's not just the adjustment of these values and principles and how we deal with with all those other issues, but there's also going to be um, these expectations. You're going to have to adjust what your thought of is the role of of a of a mother or a wife. You know, if if you if you think that your spouse's role is to cook you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mop the kitchen floor three times a day, vacuum the house every day, do the laundry, and and all this other stuff, I, perhaps that's not perhaps who your you wife shouldn't is. Shouldn't be married to Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> or which my husband found out very quickly. Or the expressions of love. Maybe you have some different expectations on how your spouse will express love to you. And of course, we'll ask you to go back to. I think episode three or four of this podcast where we started talking about the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual performance. If you think your wife's going to have sex with you every single day. Sorry. That may be an adjustment of an expectation that you have. Um, or on the wife, if you think you're going to skate by with, you know, once a month. <laughs> it's an expectation you're going to have to adjust. Exactly. And so basically those are going to be difficult adjustments. Mm-hmm. And that is a threat to marital oneness. It is. And <coughs> if anything... I don't think that you can avoid any of these adjustments. I think what you can do is prepare and be equipped to handle those adjustments through learning some conflict resolution, through learning about how to better communicate. There's all kinds of things that will help you through these, but just understand that these difficult adjustments are a threat to marital oneness. Right. 
All right. And the one we didn't cover uh, yet was the plans of the fu- for the future, and especially as it relates to children. Yes. Which that was a fun one for us for the first two or three years. <coughs> that was fun. Or, or not so fun. <laughs> that was fun. All right. So, yes, communication is the key there. And uh, good premarital counseling does help Professor Allen. Uh, and, and we definitely talked about that last week. You know, before you get married is the mm-hmm. title of last week's episode. Definitely encourage people to get that. But uh, today, well, maybe- I know that there will be difficult adjustments with with threat number one. Um, I'm I'm right on there with you on that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these things should be talked about. Not that you still won't have adjustments, <coughs> but these are things that should be talked about before you ever get married. Exactly. And you'll still have to adjust to them. And I just want to say, as far as premarital counseling, you know, there is no stigmatism in our culture today about going to premarital counseling. To help prepare you for it, right? Right. But is it is it me or is it a perceived stigmatism on our culture if you are quote unquote married and going to marital counseling? Right. You know, and and I I think that that's wrong. I I, I think there are many people out there today who are married who have never l- went to premarital counseling. They have never had a great. Um, uh, role model of of what marriage can and should be, or anything like that, and and so they're ill equipped to handle these these threats, all these different threats, and you, and I just want to say, you do not have to be experiencing, you know, the you, you do not have to be at the end of your ropes and uh, facing divorce, and all of a sudden the D word is starting to come out in conversation, or at least running through your mind. You do not have to get to that point before you actually go to marital counseling. <laughs> and in fact, I will tell you, you know, it's not a bad thing. No, I mean, it's not. it's it's not a bad thing at all to go to marital counseling. It's not a negative thing. And even if your marriage is not in shambles, it may be something that you might want to consider. I mean, to to help work through some of these things. Maybe you've been married three or four years. Maybe you've been married seven years and you haven't been approached with any of this stuff. At the very least, I would I would consider and I will endorse the the Family Life Marriage Conference, the weekend. Remember, absolutely. And you can find that if you just go to familylife.org, I think is what it is. Familylife.org. I'll check it right now. Okay. And uh, it is it is basically by far um, the best marriage advice that I've ever uh, received. And we have gone to this twice and have taken many friends with us. And it is totally awesome. And that is not right. Family. I think it's familylife.com then. Family okay. Well, while you're looking life. that up, um, we're going to move on to threat number two. And it is familylife.com, by the okay. way. And there's information about Weekend to Remember on the front page. All right. So threat number two is, Stephanie? Performance-based relationship. Actually, that's right? a typo. Based. Yeah. Performance-based relationship. Based relationship. Exactly. So if basically uh, the idea is that this is a huge threat. If your relationship and how you feel about your spouse is based upon their performance, that's a major threat. Absolutely. This will lead to isolation Quicker than anything, I think. Uh, will you read the first uh, segment there, Steph? Acceptance based upon performance. Um, you do your part and I'll do mine. And there are two problems and with this. And we've, we've had this relationship in our marriage before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, we Absolutely, we have. The The problem with you do your part, you do your part and I'll do mine is be, it's impossible to know if your spouse has ever actually met you halfway. Right. 
because there's so many things that your spouse could be doing that you are completely unknowing uh, right. of. And 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 the problem is is if you have the you do your part, I'll do mine, then you won't ever do your part unless your spouse is going to know about it. Right. And then all of a sudden it becomes a point system where it's like, well, I did this, so you sh- you need to now reciprocate by doing something of equal value in return. Right. And that is not a marriage. That no, is that is a that is like a business partnership or something. something. But this isn't this is about becoming one. This isn't about me and you. It's about us together working and doing things completely differently all of us just doing what is necessary for the benefit of the whole and it's going to bring up um this threat's going to bring up that nasty e-word that it took us a long long time to learn and that is um expectations because this threat um it's it's unrealistic expectations and a lot of time expectations that neither of you can live up to right you know, yeah, it, it took us a long time to learn that E word. Exactly. It really some, some expectations we have are that, you know, I, ex- I expect that my wife is going to make me happy and that is- <laughs> I expect that you're going to get happy on your own <laughs> and, and, and having somebody else make you happy is impossible. That's right. It is impossible. Right. Um, I'm just going to jump right back here for a second and see what uh, Professor Allen said. He says, I think the level of stigmatism for marital counseling may be a little higher in the church than outside of it. And it's act- he actually formed that as a question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thought. I mean, obviously, uh, there's there may be some quote unquote, um, you know, people that might talk or it's like, oh, wow, they, they must really have some trouble with their Christian unconditional love and mm-hmm. stuff like that if they need counseling. So, yeah, I, I, I could see that, that, that maybe the stigmatism it might be higher if, if you're in the church and you're afraid somebody else from church might That's find because out. because the church has lots of problems. Yeah, the church does have lots of problems. And if you belong to a church like that, you need to go to a church that loves you for who you are. Absolutely. And that understands that, you know, chances are probably about 85% of the couples within a church, any given church, probably need marital counseling. Right, right. So... On one, uh, on one level or another. And uh, basically, uh, let's go ahead. And he's also saying, um, interesting part of the Mars and Venus book is that men and women both keep score. Uh, but the, let's see. But, but the, they assign points differently. Yeah. And uh, the, the point system is not cool. And, and basically, you can't do a 50-50 performance-based relationship. Uh, the, some other problems with a performance-based relationship is uh, affection or love, uh, actions of love, are only given when you feel that it's when your spouse has deserved it. Right. And what this does is it actually gives you the tendency of focusing on your spouse's weakness and their improvement of their weakness, weak areas, rather than fa- focusing on what is their strengths right. and really praising them for it. Right. You know, and and so God did not call us to com uh, to complete one another, but um, to to um, oh compliment compliment one another. We you know you're you're not supposed to uh, bring your your spouse to perfection, and it's not our goal to change them. Our goal is to love them, and that's what it's all about. So. Um, only give an affection when you feel like your your spouse desires affection. That, my friends, is conditional love. It is. And that's not what marriage should be based on. Nope. Also, motivation for action is desired upon, uh, or is, uh, action is 
based upon how one feels. So if I'm disappointed with my spouse, basically, not only will I not show her affection, but I won't do anything on my own. It's it's like, why should I do the dishes if all he's going to do is this? Or why should I, you know, that's the kind of relationship that these performance-based uh, relationships performance, produce. The, the performance-based relationship is honestly a vicious cycle that is only going to lead to isolation. Right. It, it, you won't, you won't even be friends. Eventually you will become roommates who don't like each other. Um, you're never going to have sex. So just get that. Yeah, sex is know, out of the question. Wipe that expectation out. Especially um, if uh, your performance based uh, in, in expectations of in, in that aspect of your relationship. Yeah. And so it, it really, it's, it's a, it's a nasty cycle that only leads to isolation. Exactly. So threat number three. So, so far we've got difficult adjustments that are threat number one. Threat number two, performance-based relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, threat number three, the failure to anticipate selfishness. Stephanie, what is the truth here? What? We're all selfish. That's exactly right. What does the Bible say in Isaiah 63? <laughs> I knew the answer to that without looking at your notes. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The truth is we're all selfish. And what does Isaiah 63, 6 say? Okay. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's right. We've all turned to our own way of doing things. Uh, and we all want to have our own way. We all want to see things done, and, and we want our needs to be met. You know, it's what's in it for me, the attitude of me, me, me. And so many people marry with the quote-unquote stars in their eyes. Ah. And they fail to see the reality. Uh, and, of course, here's, here's the truth um, that I was talking about before. <laughs> yeah. Through dating, you do not have the daily responsibility and pressures right. a, of a married couple yet. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I was laughing because it was making me think of the podcast that we did for the five love languages where we talked about the phenomenon of... Uh, <laughs> the euphoric phenomenon, phenomenon of, of falling, falling in love. love. Yes. yes. And... Um, <laughs> And it was, it's just funny to me because I think now we dealt with a lot of, a lot of things when we got married, but I think that the stars had fallen out of our eyes before we ever made it to our wedding day. Yeah, maybe. I, I, we had some pretty drop down nasty fights. Yep. Before we. And they weren't fake either. No. (laughs) It was not fake bickering. They were not fake. Um, my, uh. My dad didn't think we were going to stay married an entire year. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget the time we got in a fight in front of my dad and um, my stepmom. And they had friends over. And I actually was somewhere with my parents and ran into this lady. And she was talked about this fight that we had had where I took off my engagement ring and I threw it at you and it hit the door and it fell behind something anyway that was the same we had a huge snow it was in january of 1996 oh yeah we had this enormous this snow and cliff's car got stuck in the snow yeah <laughs> because we couldn't see the driveway <laughs> and he lived about three miles from me and we got in this fight and so he walked home yes although I did. and i felt really bad in the, the entire time because i thought he walked Three miles in the snow, blah, 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 blah. Only to find out he caught a ride halfway. (laughs) (laughs) And then you know what he did? Oh, what did I do? I forget. 
I came back. Turn around and came back. <laughs> I didn't get it right the second time, though. You told me you did. No. Oh, okay. Anyway. Right, um, or it was a ride that I... Actually, it was the ride back that I got. Okay. You, I, had, you I did walk all, all the way home. Yeah. Okay. I knew you got a ride one way. Yeah. But, um... That, I mean, that was a nasty... That was a nasty argument. And that was just over getting the car stuck in the... I mean, it was stupid. Right. Stupid. And... But I, but I think by the time we got married, the stars had yeah the stars had fallen away. By then, we were just getting married out of determination because everybody <laughs> around us was telling us we shouldn't. I don't know about that. Uh, all right, speaking for myself. <laughs> okay, no, <I'm> <laughs> nice. That explains so much, Stephanie. I, I was kidding. I know you were. Okay, that sounded like fake bickering to me. Anyway, uh, selfishness robs the marriage of romance, and there's that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, and our disappointment and disapproval of our spouse when they do not meet our expectations leads to feelings of rejection, discouragement, anger, and bitterness. This, my friends, is not a good formula for romantic encounters. <laughs> okay. N- enough said. Moving right along. All right. I feel like uh, my role here today yes. is just to tell the stories that go along with the threats. Because it's like you're reading from the thing and I, anyway. That's fine. Just saying. <coughs> just saying. All right. Threat number four. Failure to anticipate and work through trials and crisis. Now because we, guess what? What? They're coming. Yes, they are. You cannot escape trials and crisis. They are coming. They're coming. They're coming your way. Yes, they are. In fact, we just did an episode of Family from the Heart talking about that about Mm -hmm. three episodes ago or so, I believe. And uh, so first thing here is that difficulties do not mean that there's something wrong with your marriage. Um, You know, it it, just means that you're alive and breathing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And of course, uh, if you look at James one chapter uh, or James chapter one, verses two through four, we learn that God will allow difficulties in our lives for many reasons. Do you want to read that stuff? Sure. Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right. The the thing is, though, uh, your response to difficulties will either drive the husband and wife either together or it will tear you apart that that's that's the i mean there's no option there mm-hmm. there is no you you guys when it comes to oneness we are either we're always on the move this i i truly believe this no matter where you are in your marriage there are two ends of the spectrum one is isolation the other end is oneness and we are constantly on the Moving move. up and down that. We are all, always on the move towards one or the other. You're never stationary. No. Never stationary. If you're stationary, then you're moving towards isolation. isolation. <laughs> you just don't know it. Exactly. Right. So your response to difficult uh, trials and crisis moments together uh, is going to, your ability to, to get through those together is going to be what decides whether or not it's going to build your oneness together or or drive you separate. Right. So don't try here's the here's the things to avoid. Do not try to suppress or escape the pressure. So many people want to just avoid it, act like it never happened, don't deal with it. 
Um, and the other one... Let it build up for about six months? Exactly. Write a letter? <laughs> no writing letters. That, that's a total no-no. <laughs> Lose those spouse. Can, those can be used against you in a... Well, maybe not in a court of law, but they sure can but be used But they sure together. can be rolled up into nice, tight little newspaper-like things to beat you with. Exactly. All right. So so <laughs> some people tend to uh, deal with crisis by suppressing it, escaping it, trying to avoid it. The other people respond by blaming or attacking other people. And these are two things that we must avoid. The only th- We must plan in advance that, number one, these trials are going to come our way. Mm-hmm. And when they do come, we must agree ahead of time that we will move through these periods of our life without rejecting or withdrawing from the other. Exactly. What Stephanie just said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thanks. All right. So basically, what do we have so far? Five threats to oneness. Threat number one is um, difficult adjustments. Mm-hmm. Threat number two, performance-based relationships. Threat number three, the failure to anticipate selfishness. Yes. Threat number four, the failure to anticipate and work through trials and crisis. And threat number five, and my friends, you all have them. We all have them. We all have them. Extramarital affairs. That was good. I thought thought so too. (laughs) That was cool. All right. Define, Stephanie, what is an extramarital affair? An extramarital affair is an escape from reality or a search for fulfillment outside of your marriage. Last week, or was it the week? I think it was last week in the chat room. I remember we had some anonymous people mm-hmm. join in. That's people who kind of saw the little tweet that we did out there. It says we're doing a live show, and they kind of popped in. And last week, I talked about you know the idea of you know once you're married, it's not uh, wise to have a close confidant or a very close, tight relationship um, with somebody of the same sex as you. To to go to to turn to 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 share what's going on what? on your heart. What say that again? What did I say? I said it's not a good idea to have a close confidant friend who is of the same sex. That's what you said last week. Yeah. Why? Okay. What? Nothing. You don't remember? You were talking about your friend uh, Jeremy. You and- mean of the opposite sex? Oh, yes. Okay. I was so confused. Crap. I'm like, okay. I don't think that my friendship with Sarah right now is an extramarital no. affair. So do I need to get, no, based on what I, you were just saying, yes. you were telling me to get rid of her. No, I'm sorry. You're of the opposite sex. Of the opposite sex. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. On the same page again. Yes. You want to start over? No. Why? It's I, not healthy to have a, a close confidant of the opposite sex. That's that's correct. And and so people said, well, you mean that are you meaning to say that be, just because I'm married, I can't have a friend that's, you know, the opposite sex? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm and, and I'm not going to say that just because you're married, you can't have a hobby. I'm not going to say that just because you're married, you can't have an affair or I'm sorry, a career. <laughs> but what I'm saying, what I'm saying, though, is that, that some of these things turn into affairs they do. rather quickly mm-hmm. and without you even being aware of it. Yep. That's the that's the issue. And so it, it and and so my my answer to that question to the person if they happen to actually tune in now and listen to this, is it possible for you to have a friend of the opposite sex and have it not be weird? 
is that the right thing or the wrong thing to do? I refuse to answer whether or not that's right or wrong. I will tell you that the question you need to ask yourself, is it the wise thing, thing to, do? to do? Right. And you always ask to, to find out what is the wise thing. You always ask yourself based upon my past experience, based upon my current circumstances and based upon my future hopes and dreams. What is the wise decision here? And I will tell you for me, and I believe for a lot of people, it, the answer to that question is it's probably not a wise thing to do to have a close confidant friend who is of the opposite sex when you're married. Right. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Joyful Mom Lee in the chat room is saying, if you spend more time and energy on a person or thing other than your spouse, you're headed for danger. Um, I agree with that statement. I, I, the, no, I, I agree with that, that statement. However, you know, it, you're spending 40 hours a week at work, you know, and so are and, and devoted to actively pursuing that. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times when you do not spend 40 hours of your week devoted to sitting down with your wife. And so I'm going to say that while the, the while work and career can be an affair, I will have to say that it's not just a time thing. Does that make sense? If because I, I think you're going to spend more time okay at work than you will with your spouse. I mean, unless you can. How about free time? Um, I I don't know. I okay. I don't th- I don't think that I just I, I have a hard time accepting that formula, and I hate to say that because um I don't want to say right. that I don't want to discount what what Leah said. <laughs> you don't want to give up some of your affairs you're having right now, do you? What are you talking about? Nothing. I was just being, no, no, no. I just that was fake bickering. You but, like how I <laughs> that was fake bickering. <laughs> um, no, seriously though, I, I I don't think it can be drawn down to a time issue okay. as, as far as, as as time as much as is, as it is how much of your heart that it has. Right. Well, and that's how, much how of I it, read and how that. much. Well, so let me go back no, and read. I mean, if you sp- spend time and how, energy. I understood that, but I would act if I, if I were to adjust it to to where I'd be in complete agreement. If you spend more thought and heart energy, okay, on any on any one person or any or anything else other than your spouse, then you're having an affair. And because because Stephanie, you should have the majority of my heart and my mind. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That when I when I'm working. I I sometimes can you know if 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 we were experiencing true oneness in my heart and my mind when I'm working I think that you know I'm doing this for the benefit of us together being one okay. and this, does that make sense mm-hmm. all right Lee agrees with you okay she says you said it better all right <clears throat> well anyway let's talk about okay. with this definition of extramarital affair being that it's uh, an escape from reality or a search for fulfillment outside of marriage mm-hmm. well there are a couple things that are often turning into affairs often. and it's not just and, and love affair unfortunately in my notes is way down at the bottom but it is most people think about a love affair mm-hmm. which is where you know you're spending late nights at the office and the female co or the guy for a guy the female co-worker is there and and you know all of a sudden she's starting to show interest in you she laughs at your jokes that your wife doesn't um she she likes doctor who but you don't or that your wife but your wife can't stand anything sci-fi uh the two of you both enjoy chinese food your wife hates it uh so you you start going out to lunch and working on projects together and is there anything wrong with that i'm not going to address the wrong or right thing but is it a wise thing to do Probably not, because sooner or later, those unwise decisions 
the little ones made up and then all of a sudden they pile up to one big mistake down the road where you actually are turning to this coworker for fulfillment and as an escape to the reality of your unfulfilled marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that is a love affair. And that's what most people think of when they think of a, exactly, it's a slow fade. It is. It is a very slow fade. Um, but that's what most people, when we say extramarital affair, that's the first thing people think of. It is. But obviously, we're going to talk about um, the next big one. The next big one right below love affair is a career affair. This is big for so many people where you're working, not you're, maybe you're, you're, you started a job and you're expecting to, what time do we have to pick up the kids? One o'clock, right? McKenna? Yes. Ken and okay, we're fine. One o'clock. So basically, um, I was just, you're not reading in order. So I, I know. I'm just going to so mark s- off the ones that you said already. <laughs> so in essence, you're, you're supposed to be working 40 hours a week. And before you know it, you're working 55 hours a week. And before you know it, you're working 12 hour days, six days a week and 14 hour days. And before you know it, you're finding that you're getting real fulfillment out of your work because at work, all of a sudden you're being recognized at work. You're getting bigger and bigger paychecks. You're getting bonuses. You're getting commissions. You're getting these awards, these nice bronze uh, plaques that stick up on the wall and, and 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 these nice glass sculptures that say congratulations for being number one. And before you know it, you're you're starting to uh, seek fulfillment in your life through your career. At that moment, your lot your career is an extramarital affair. Your fulfillment your you it should come through your marriage and through the love that you experience together as one. Absolutely. Activities and hobbies. I want to confess to you guys. My favorite. No, go ahead. What? Go ahead. Confess. My, and then I'll- my, I will confess uh, this for myself that podcasting was an extramarital affair that I had probably for at least a year and a half. Before his career became his extramarital affair. <laughs> <laughs> was that fake bickering? No. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> no, that was no. Um, but we, in the in the very beginning, when we decided, I guess in October of '07, decided that this was going to be come our career. Um, it was no longer a hobby, right? But it was all about building it up. And so you were down here for like ninety hours at a time. That's an exaggeration, right? But um, but you were working like eighty five hours a week. Mm-hmm. And although it was for our family, it at times felt like an extramarital affair. Exactly. So, and then there's my favorite extramarital What's affair. What's that one? With my children. Yes. There have been so many times over the last nine years where I've put my kids ahead of my husband. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is not right. And I'm hoping that I raise my children to know that that's not right. So that when they are parents, they know that their spouse comes ahead of the children. It, it's it was very difficult to learn, and I still struggle with it sometimes, especially when, especially when my husband is working sixty five hours a week, and it's just me and the kids, and we're hanging out and we're doing our thing, and it's very very easy to put their needs ahead of his. 
but it's not right. Right. And of also and also seeking fulfillment from cuddling and hearing mommy mm-hmm. I love you. Yep. And stuff like that. And that starts to get in the way of of parenting. Of course that this is not the podcast for that, but what happens is is you don't want to do anything to make your kids upset or or sad because well that, stop giving you that love. That's exactly right. You'll start losing that fulfillment. And so that's where that's another side effect of having this extramarital affair uh, of having your children as your extramarital affair because then you're you're not only neglecting your husband and giving and seeking your love and and uh, your fulfillment from his love and 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 providing love to him through that but you're also robbing your children of discipline that mm-hmm. they so so need and and uh want and no matter exactly. what they tell you they want it exactly so and in the chat room somebody's writing guilty all right so so many of us have been guilty of that one, Absolutely. and I will tell you that I still struggle with that one. Yep. Even now. All right, and then uh, materialism is definitely an affair when you mm-hmm. are seeking fulfillment out of the new iPhone and the new computer gadget and the Can new. Can I just this. tell you, um, just as a, as a side note, that I was very grateful. Grateful might not be the right word. I was very pleased that your iPhone did not accompany us on our date on Saturday. I left my iPhone downstairs on purpose. I know. And um, anyway, it was really cool. Very cool. Yeah. See? Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And then I want to see. And I put mine down too. <laughs> I'm not going <clears> to. <throat> you did. Cliff and I often spend time on the couch together. Just the two of us and our iPhones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I do want to, uh, there are many more things that can turn into mm-hmm. affair, but I, for those of you who are Christians, I want to mention this one, okay? This is a big one. We have this, this is, one. This is huge. And, and, and if you're guilty of it, you need to start saying mm-hmm. the word, you need to start practicing a word, not so much in the bedroom, but in other areas of your life, especially when it comes to this affair. And it is the church affair. And the word is No. no. Tell them no. No, I will not lead mops. No, I will not teach Sunday school. No, I will not uh, sing in the choir. No, I will not right. bake well, cookies is, for this. And this no, I will not that, do that. Say no more often. Right. This is something that I really, we both really struggled with because we were in, um, speak as as us together, we were in this small church. We were, uh, you were the associate pastor and there were there was this, this expectation that the pastors did everything from preaching on Sunday to plunging the toilet when it stopped up, you know, it was, it was unrealistic, honestly. But, um, and so there, there was this expectation put upon us to do anything that they asked us to do. Yep. Okay. So we struggled with that for a very long time. We did. I struggled with the fact that all the way up until after after I had Matt, I guess, shortly after I had Matthew, um, feeling like, okay, I wanted to be involved in the youth group and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that and I wanted to do this and really taking me so long to realize that while all those things are great and they do need people serving in those areas, God was calling me to serve my husband and he was called to do this at one point it was leading small groups. Okay. Mm -hmm. I needed to be focused on supporting my husband as he was leading groups, not having my attention 
um, drawn away from him because I had all of these other tasks to do because of all these other ministries I was serving on. Right. And there, there came a time when I needed to say no. Yes. No. Um, my husband is involved here and it is my, God is calling me to support him. My ministry is to him. Yeah. And that was, that was really hard to learn. I, many pastors of smaller churches are going to yell at me uh, or hate me for saying this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to ask yourself to investigate. Are you involved in more than two ministries within your church as far as volunteering in any way, shape or form? And if you are anything above two, you need to say, you need to, you need to drop out of. Well, I've talked about, I've talked about this before somewhere. I don't know. Um, we do so many podcasts now. I don't know what I say where. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been there, done that. But I read this book um, several years, several, several years ago, and it, it's called Professionalizing Motherhood. Mm-hmm. And it it was really good for me to read because it helped me to see while I am a stay at home mom, I'm not just a stay at home mom. You right. know, there there is so much more. And so really taking that and, and looking at it as my career, as my profession, rather than just, you know oh, I don't go to work. I just stay home and clean the house and take care of my kids, blah, blah, blah. In that book, um, one thing that is suggested was to write down a list of everything that you are involved in. Everything. Um, Kids activities, church activities, hobbies, you know, like knit night and scrapbooking night and, you know, all these great things that, that, that you're doing. Label them of importance to you. One through six. All the sixes have to go. Yep. And do that every every couple months. Right. And and the whole idea Actually, here... I think it was one through five. The whole idea here is that um, <laughs> the, the question is, when you look at the things that you enjoy in life, the things you enjoy spending your time doing, the things that you desire spending time and, and effort and energy doing, if you had your decision to do anything right now... Can you honestly answer that spending time with your spouse, just the two of you, would that be the answer? Is that what you would do? I'm not going to ask you to send us your email or to call <laughs> in and, and and to give us that answer. But if the answer is if if the if anybody said you know hey you're going to have you can do anything you want. Don't worry about financially. Everything's all taken care of. If if you could do anything you want right now and spend time with anybody you want, doing anything you want. What is the answer to that? And that answer should be our spouse. And it's often not. And that means that we're involved in very various extramarital affairs. Mm-hmm. And why do these things pop up in marriages? Here's here's a possible answer. We're deceived into believing that we deserve complete fulfillment and perfect happiness in our lives. I don't think there is such thing as perfect happiness. There isn't. There's, there's just not. <laughs> But culture tells us that we can have it. I mean, movies show those kind of relationships all the time. Well, movies are just that. They're movies. Well, that's... They're a, fantasy. Exactly. They're make-believe. Listen to this. Society programs people to always seek happiness. People develop an improper perception of what reality is. People compare their expectations and fantasy uh, fantasies to their real life. Um, and then here's here's the thing. People begin to question reality... But they never question their fantasies. Right. That that's just. Yeah. Mm. 
That's the five threats to oneness, my friends. All right, we we need to run through the rest of this really quickly. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna first go to uh, I think John with his mm-hmm. voicemail. So uh, let's go ahead and play this one first. Hey Cliff, hey Stephanie, this is John from Houston, Texas. I'm just calling in about the Family from the Heart podcast. Um, just want to let you know, I got finished listening uh, last night to your episode that you recorded, I think on February 4th, um, about things that people should do before they get married. And I was very, I was very happy to hear you talk about, um, I, I guess just from knowing you beforehand, hearing you talk about the, uh, the financial aspect of being married and, um, taking care of finances and uh, that, that you encourage your couples that, that when you decide to sit down and actually work with them and uh, premarital counseling and you talk to them about, uh, you know, combining their, their checking accounts and, you know, I, I just, I just, I was, I was glad to hear, uh, you know, you say that on your podcast because that's something that me and my wife, um, both personally, you know, being Dave Ramsey fans and being just, you know, fans of marriage, period, uh, was, was, we just thought that was going to be an essential thing. We knew how much uh, money plays a factor into, um, you know, our, our parents' marriages. And, you know, not that they're, they're divorced, but, you know, that money money's just, you know, it's just one of those big problems, you know. And so I was glad to hear that, that, that for you, you you prescribed as well, you know, for buying checking accounts and, and making uh, making that, that, that gesture that, yes, this is our money. This is no longer yours or mine, but it's ours. And I, I really, I really like that. Um, some of the things that you, you talked about were the, you know, you know, what, 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 what are you going to do with your, your parents, you know, and, and talking to your parents about uh, so and so. And I've, I've kind of made a strict policy. If I'm ever not really happy with my wife, I'm, I'm not going to, not going to tell my parents about, it, not, especially not my mom, because, you know, in my mom's eyes, I, I can do no wrong, you know. She knows I'm 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 fallible and other things, but when it comes to you know me and my wife, my wife is you know I she does you know she's gonna tend to side on my side before she sides on to uh, you know my wife, and you know there's times I'm definitely not not in the right. So uh, anyway, I'm glad to hear those two things because I, I I agree so much about them, but. Anyway, y'all have a great podcast here in the Family from the Heart, and I look forward to the next episodes about things that, you know, can take over your marriage. And um, I definitely can see uh, your hobbies being being one of them. I know you're talking about um, being online and um, your your relatives being things that can, you know, uh, premarital, or not premarital, but marital affairs. Um, but, yeah, definitely know that hobbies, that, that's one of those things that I don't think that most men realize that their hobbies can be. Uh, can steal their marriage in several ways. Um, anyway, guys, great podcast. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll get off the line so that you can um, open it up for for call number 17 on line 18. <laughs> anyway, y'all have a great day. Bye-bye. John, thank you so much for calling in and absolutely agree with you on all of the things uh, and, and so glad you're you're enjoying the show. I'm glad that I'm a mom who knows that my son is fallible. <laughs> no doubt. Well, he said that you know my no. son's fallible in all things. But yeah. when we get married and you don't like the, you don't like his wife. Yep. You, you'll, I know. You'll take sides. I know That's what I he's will. talking about. I know. All right. I, I was, that was a joke. Will you read uh, Wayne Henderson's quote I there, will. Stephanie? I will attempt to. All right. Um, it's cut off. Oh, I'm sorry. No, um, Cliff and Stephanie, my wife and I are also in our 13th year of marriage, and Cliff, I too have trouble with 
spur of the moment things. I like planning and structure as well. As far as the podcast episode goes, I found this episode very inter- interesting because both of my steps, stepkids are college-aged and are in long-term relationships, which means that we may have one or two weddings in our near future. We'll see. Thanks again for putting out this show, and I want to remind everyone that Plus Membership Rocks. All right. And then we have a voicemail coming in from Michelle from uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Michelle calling from Vancouver, BC, Canada, otherwise known as Goody on the um, community forum. I'm calling for family from the heart, and I just listened to your episode about um, if you're getting married, and I really enjoyed the show. I'm actually engaged to be married in September, and um, I really took a lot from that show and had some discussions with my fiancé. Some of them we had talked about, but some of them we hadn't. Um, The only thing that I was going to mention was that we have already combined our finances and after doing that for a little while we found that it was easier to have our combined checking account where all the house stuff came out from but we do have our own fun account and basically every week when we get paid the money that's left over that's for the fun stuff like the movies or the going out for dinner that sort of thing we divide it and transfer it into our own accounts and that way the other person can go and go over dinner with their friends or buy a gift for their fiance and the other person doesn't see it and doesn't know how much they paid and that sort of thing. We found that that worked really well for us. Then we didn't have to justify the fun money and um, you know, and then if we go out for dinner, we just kind of decide who's going to pay. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks for a great show. I always enjoy it and have a great day. Bye-bye. Michelle, thank you so much for calling in and as regarding the, uh, the uh, uh, combined accounts and stuff like that, um, I'm glad that you're working towards that uh, even though you're only engaged at this point. Um, I will suggest, and, and it's just a suggestion, I, I, obviously Cliff doesn't tell everybody how to live their lives, but I will suggest that one of the one of the adjustments that's necessary, I think, in in, in marriage is to under is to take the two different values that we have regarding finances and how that money should be spent. Um, you know, now Stephanie and I, we have one account for our, our personal stuff. Now, when we ha- when we have extra money, or when we used to have extra <laughs> when money, we used to have, <laughs> and when we will have extra money again mm-hmm. in the future, Stephanie and I have uh, a category within our budget. Where we we set aside, I mean, for fun money or blow money, yeah, for fun money, and and we don't have to report to each other what we did with it, right? Uh, But it's still in the same account, and it still comes through, and 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 Stephanie does. It's a line in our budget. It's a line item in our budget, and and so when that money's spent, uh, and Stephanie enters in the receipt, she goes in and enters that into the receipt. But we also have a spreadsheet where that amount gets deducted from our account now. Uh, if if I want to go out and buy something for a friend of mine, it doesn't matter how much I spent because that money's been allotted to me. Um, Unless it's a gift, and then it comes out of the gift line budget. Exactly. If it's a gift from, yeah. So I, I, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I will tell you that <laughs> I really believe, yes, don't forget to pick up the kids. Uh, I will. I do believe that it's important to, to not keep those separate accounts, um, but you know, deal, you'll deal with that. You'll deal with that through marriage and... and uh, and stuff, and, and, and I think some things are different for yeah, de- absolutely. And and, and, and I mean, te- technically speaking, she they could be doing the same thing that we do, only they actually do have a separate account for it. But the whole thing about who's who's going to buy dinner when the two go out—that you know, it, 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 I don't know. That's, 
That's not for us to decide. Exactly. So please forgive me for butting in. <laughs> and she'll never call back. <laughs> Michelle, seriously, <laughs> I'm 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 so glad that you called in. I really am. All right, let's go to John who uh, okay. uh wrote us a little message in the forum. I think the saddest part about you not doing weddings anymore is not that you don't want to do them. It's that there are probably not that many people anymore who would qualify for your expectations before you agree to do their wedding. I personally think your requirements are awesome and uh, should be many pastors' requirements. Exactly. So he's talking about what I would require before I would perform a wedding in the last episode that we did. And will you read from Kylie Mack real quickly? Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is from a couple episodes ago, isn't it, though? I'm not sure. No Man is an Island. This is all the way... Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you've brought up a great point, Cliff, in that community is important. Oh, this is from Crisis. Yes, this is okay. from the Crisis one. Um, as John, is it Doan? Uh, sure. Okay, said, no man is an island, and that's from Meditation. It might be the, John Dunn, but that's Dunn. fine. Yeah. Anyway, 27, is that what that, that 27? That's a Roman numeral. 10, 5, Seven. 17. Oh, 17? That's yeah. 10? 10, Okay, yeah. my bad. Yep. Um. Oh, you're right. I don't know why I said it. Okay. Anyway, back back on track. <laughs> I'm also glad that you are out of the hospital and on the mend. Okay. Stephanie. As am I. Uh you you've done you've done a great job in the middle of the storm. As you said, you did what you had to do. And although you said that you feel as though you should have been able to um, do it all by yourself. You know intellectually that you couldn't. Um, there is strength in being able to see and admit that. I um, I was really touched by your honesty in admitting that you felt some resentment in dropping everything to go to the hospital to be with Cliff. I admire your transparency. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to say the same thing, even if I had felt that way in such a public forum. Um, you're an inspiration. Well, I don't know about all that. But. <laughs> hospital stays are always difficult for both the person in the hospital and the people not in the hospital. I had two four or five day hospital stays here in France and tried to imagine undergoing and try to imagine undergoing a surgery where you don't understand everything that is going on. Um, here in France, people don't ask their doctors questions, which is which I just don't understand. My doctor seemed to get a bit frustrated with me because I kept asking questions and in a less than fluent French. (laughs) Um, As for visitations, I don't have any family here and I know that it was really hard on my family who wanted to be here, but, um, but what could they do? Okay. Visiting hours were very limited. They, they couldn't talk to the doctors anyway. And where would they have stayed? The expense of food and hotels in, um, okay, with the expense of food and hotels in Paris, not to mention getting here. Fortunately, I had a couple of friends come to visit me and one who went out of her way to come visit me every day that she could. That's awesome. And as you've said, who wants to come to a hospital? I really appreciated those visits, as I know you did too. One of the topics mentioned in the chat room I found really interesting. In a situation like this, how much should you tell the children? I I agree that it may be harder on the kids that they don't know anything. Um, everything seems so out of control, and they are pretty intuitive. And they can always see the stress and feel it in mom or dad. Um, I really felt for Matthew when you said he asked, is daddy going to die? I just wanted to give you all a hug. 
At any rate, I'm glad to hear that everything is getting back on track, and I'm looking forward to many, many Family from the Heart podcasts in the future. Um, and though I'm not in a position to buy anything at the moment, I'd like to say thanks to Mardell.com. That's M-A-R-D-E-L.com. And she spelled it for you, Stephanie. And that, yeah, she spelled it just for me. Um, so thanks for sponsoring the podcast. It's one of my gspn.tv favorites. Awesome. And uh, let's see here. Somewhat unrelated to Family from the Heart, but also community related. Uh, somebody posted in the health, fitness, and accountability section of our forum. Um, since it's hidden for any from anybody other than uh, forum members, I have uh, left off the name, but it says, Hello, everyone. I've been encouraged to start taking care of myself uh, as a result of being in this community. Originally, I came to GSPN through running across a podcast of the podcast Answer Man while trying to work through my frustrations of trying how to get my podcast up and running. Since then, Cliff and the community have provided me with inspiration to move forward. I have been inspired to try uh, and move my podcasting to a new level. Uh, and this is where it gets really good. I was in a rut with my spiritual life, and since listening to Cliff and Steph, I have been inspired to begin attending church again and trying to strengthen my relationship with God. And I've heard Cliff trudging on the treadmill and I uh, and around the neighborhood in his effort to become more healthy, and I've seen some of the posts here, meaning in the health, fitness, and accountability section, and now it's time for me to become accountable uh, myself to myself, my family, and to my community by trying to become more healthy as well. So thank you very much for that and of course anybody who becomes a member of the forum has access to that section and of course uh we have more um feedback i'll tell you what we we're really pushing it aren't we yeah we are we'll just play this one last call uh because i want to have this kick off for next week Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is uh, Wayne Henderson in Southern California calling for the Family from the Heart podcast. And just want to give a couple quick uh, low-cost ideas that uh, a husband and his wife could go out kind of on a, an affordable date. Uh, my wife and I, a couple of the things that we love to do as far as going out that doesn't cost very much money. Uh, for example, we'll just go down to Barnes & Noble, treat ourselves to... Uh, you know, a fancy coffee or hot chocolate or something at the Starbucks inside Barnes & Noble and sit there and kind of browse through books and magazines and come up with ideas, maybe just talk about the budget or plans for the holidays or what have you. And that's a great thing to do. doesn't cost much money. Another thing uh, that we like to do, which is kind of a stay-at-home thing, it doesn't cost any money, is just to do something totally different than what we normally do. Like, for example, get together and get around the computer and work on our Christmas newsletter for the family. It gives us a chance to talk about all of the things that have gone on this past year and remember some of the best things that maybe our kids have done that we want to share in the Christmas newsletter as well. And it's kind of like a date, at least it is for us, getting together around the computer and putting together the Christmas newsletter each year. Um, other than that, another thing that you can do, though it's probably a little bit uh, chilly in uh, Kentucky <laughs> compared to California, but uh, you know we sometimes will just go out to market night and you know get a cheap dinner there, something we'd never have, you know, market night food, and just wander around and not necessarily shop, but just kind of look at stuff. Anyway, just a couple of ideas. I'll try to think of some more. And, I'm, and I want to hear some of the other ideas that uh, the GSPN.TV listeners of Family from the Heart come up with as well. So I'll let you get back to your podcast. 
This is Wayne. All right, Wayne, thank you very much. We're glad to hear those ideas, and of course, we want you to call us in uh, uh, your thoughts on some affordable ideas. And Stephanie, that number is 859-795-4067. That's 859-795-4067. Next week is the week we will be doing Fireproof, our review of the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it before we talk about it, you definitely want to get that. You can get it over at mardel.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Use promo code GSPN in the checkout. We want to say thank you to them. Richard from the UK says, hey, uh, we don't have the Fireproof movie here in the UK, but uh, this... uh, Basically, is a review that I saw that comes from a secular source. He says, the, uh, what does it say? The smar- smarmiest? smarmiest? The smarmiest aspects of Southern American Protestantism surface in this embarrassingly sincere sermon on the sanctity of matrimony. Uh, and, and of course, you can read the rest of it in our show notes because we, we're out of time. We got to go no, get It's an awesome review. You need to read the review. It's, it's kind of funny. And I think you're going to find that we're going to give it a similarly uh, very authentic and real review based upon our thoughts and uh, how the movie is. Thank you, everybody. Become a Plus member. Help support this content along with Mardell.com by going over to gspn.tv slash plus. Until next time, join, join the, the community. community.